I want to pray with you guys before we start this morning. Father, we just thank you so much for your presence that's been here with us this morning. We thank you for your, your presence in our worship time. We thank you for being so excited to meet with us, your kids. We thank you for your love and your constant invitations to us to draw closer to you. And, and Lord, we just ask this morning you'd open our hearts and our ears up to your word. We ask, Lord, that you would just come and speak specifically to us. We want to change. We really want to improve. We want to get better. We want to grow closer to you. And so we know it, it requires you drawing us closer. And so, Lord, we ask that you would do that this morning. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 We're approaching the holidays. Before I start, I want to, in, more than endorse, I want to strongly encourage you guys to plan to attend the Rodney Hogue weekend um, that we're having. I, I don't, many of you probably don't know who that is. Um, he's, a, he's a personal mentor, like father figure to me. He, I've known him for 20 years. I, I knew him when he was a pastor of a smaller church in Hayward. And it's really cool how God does this, is he'll introduce you to people, and it was really kind of a divine thing. I met him through, a, through a, someone else I didn't know, and God was like, this is a guy I want you to stay close to. And he was like, that's a guy I want you to stay close to. And so I didn't think much of it. He, it was down the street from my house, and um, we became friends. He, he was a mentor to me. He was there for me through years of life. And then fast forward, I'm doing this today. He's now traveling the world with uh, Randy Clark, and he is one of the key ministers that goes with them all over the world speaking and teaching, and it's absolutely amazing, because I, I knew him when we were in a very small place, and he's now in a place where, in terms of ministry, it's so beautiful to watch. He's speaking to, like, amphitheaters of thousands of people, seeing hundreds and thousands of people get healed. He'll tell stories about speaking in Brazil, where there's 10,000 people there, and, and thousands of people get healed simultaneously during the services. And that's his portion and Randy Clark's portion. And it's so cool because I, know, I knew him when he was talking to a church about this size. And this was his weekly life. And he was a humble, good guy who loved Jesus. And he loved me and he took time to spend, spend with me. And, and so I couldn't endorse someone more if I was to say, who's a, who's a safe person to learn from, to get prayer from, that could actually really change your perspective on, on some deep core things. And, and one of the, the most interesting challenges we have in our, our era is this is an era where God is healing people. He's doing supernatural things just like he did in the New Testament. And we all have that constant tension of how do I see that happen in my life or, or why hasn't it happened in my life? And we want the good and the full version of what God has for us. And there's, all, there's just an honest question, like how do I make that happen or why isn't it? Is it something wrong with me? Is it something wrong with the situation? Or is it real? You know, it's one of those three things if you haven't experienced it yet. And so those questions are normal questions. And I'll just tell you, it takes someone who's wise safe and clear to walk you through understanding where, where we are in perspective to how to approach those topics. And so he is that guy. He is that guy. I could teach on it, but he's done it for 40 years, and he's, he's, he's anointed to go and do it, and he's anointed to empower other people to do it. And so sometimes I think we get in the mode of, if I understand something, that's enough. That's all I need. The truth is, there was more value for the disciples walking and living and being with Jesus than for them to have just learned from what he said and gone back home. You have to be around people 
You have to, you have to make contact, touch, be touched by people who are walking in certain levels of authority. It's how Jesus did it with his disciples. It's how it still works today. I wish, guys, at times that it was just academic. It would be so much easier. It's like, how do I pray for someone that get healed? Oh, okay. A, B, C, D. Come on up, you know? And, and, and we just, everyone would get healed. It would be really straightforward. It's not that way. There's a huge mystery involved. There's, there's, a, there's a lot of things that, that need to be wrestled with, engaged with. The truth is God still heals. He desires to heal. He desires to see people set free. There's reasons why he doesn't. We don't always understand those reasons, but it's really wise to surround yourself or put yourself in environments where people that walk in that level of faith and they have those fruits in their life, just to be around them, ask questions of them. And we're a small enough group and he's dedicating three days to us, which is really special. We'll be here Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It's, it's an opportunity that you'll probably have once in your lifetime to learn from someone like him where he's just gonna be here. He's going to be here, and he's going to teach, and you'll have plenty of opportunity probably to talk, ask questions, more importantly, to receive prayer directly from him and us, and we as a family just want to pursue greater things for our church, and we want him to leave a deposit here, so whatever he's got going on throughout the country and out throughout the world, why not see that here in Berkeley? That would be really exciting, and so I feel like we have the right group to do it, and I just want you guys to begin today, just set that time aside, put it on your calendar. Um, what are the dates again? 27th, 28th, 29th. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's free. There's no, it's, this is a conference, but it's free. And there's no, like, we're not advertising it to the world. We're not trying to use this as a mechanism to bring a lot of people to our church. This is for us. Um, I want the Holy Spirit to bring people to our church, which he is, which is awesome. But I, I, we're not using this as a platform to grow the church. This is a platform for you guys to get a rich investment from the Holy Spirit and what this guy's doing. So please, 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 set the time aside, start to pray. God, change me that weekend. God, do whatever you want to with me that weekend. Grow either my understanding or if, if nothing else, like heal me, change me, do something significant in me. And as you intend towards that, it's just like those that went and pursued Jesus. They, they went after something in tracking him down. As you intention your heart, in your mind towards, I'm going to receive something this weekend, and I'm really prayerfully looking forward to it, tends to happen. You show up and go, ah, this will be cool. Just like watching a movie, it's a little entertainment for the weekend. That might be all you get out of it. And so let's, let's purpose as a church that this is going to be a special weekend for us. So really looking forward to that. It will be good. All right. What are we talking about today? Time to get a new bag. Okay, time to get a new bag. All right, I want you guys, really quickly, to think for a moment before you look at your neighbor. Don't look at them yet. I want you to think, if they were a bag, what kind of bag would they be? And there's, I'll give you some examples. There's like big Arcteryx backpacking bags. There's little Fendi purses. There's 80s like fanny packs that have a lot of glow and color. There's bedazzled things that my eight-year-old daughter carries around. There's little nondescript like wallets. If you were thinking of their personality, who they are, and what they might be, what bag would they be? All right, go ahead and tell them what you just thought of.
All right, did any of you describe this bag when you were, you were thinking of your neighbor? This is, this is Katie Abadi, actually. This is Katie Abadi. I asked, I asked Stephen what kind of bag Katie said he was, and she said an old leather bag. Worn out old leather bag. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I'm sure we have a huge variety of uh, bags in the room. I, I want you guys with me to think about something. We, we are unique containers. We're uniquely made, really, really distinct. There is no accident that every single one of us has absolutely different capacities, completely different characteristics, qualities, and, and it's, it's God's perfect design that each of us is so so, so unique. One of the really interesting things that happens when we're grafted into the family of, of Jesus, grafted into the family of God, he invites us to be part of his family, and so often what we find ourselves doing is, is kind of getting in a stream with a number of other people, and we're trying to learn how to live the, the ultimate life, and usually what's normal for humans is we turn and we look to one another and go, how should we do this thing? What's this supposed to look like? Maybe we'll look at models, role models, and go, that's an example of somebody that's doing it well. I'm going to try in every way I can to model myself around that. But there's something interesting in the, in the design of God where, yes, there's value and wisdom in, in grafting yourself into a family. That is definitely God's design. It's definitely God's design to learn one from another, hold each other accountable, have standards, all these things where we, in a lot of ways, set ourselves up to live well and lives that are able to really be favored and anointed by God. But there's the reality to this, this process where we must be on guard against surrendering the uniqueness of who we are in that process. There has to be an awareness, a self-awareness that God has made me really well. He didn't mess up in any way when he designed this human being. I mean, I wake up in the morning, and I look in the mirror, and I'm like, oh, yeah. He did well. He did. You wouldn't disagree with me, would you? No, absolutely not. You wouldn't disagree with me either, would you? No, you wouldn't. I knew what you were going to say. <laughs> I'm like, he did so good. He did so good. He knew exactly what my life was going to be like. He knew the, the stream he launched me down. He knew I was going in one direction. I've had opportunity after opportunity to make choices to kind of agree with him and take on bigger pieces of life like he, he's asked me to. So he, he knew from the beginning, Vince is going to go this way, 
And he could, it could be this big or it could be this big, but either way, he's going this way. So these are the tools, this is the equipment, this is really the bag he needs to be to carry the load I've designed him to carry. And what's really interesting about that is Vince doesn't know that in the beginning. Vince is looking around, just like all of you are looking around. You're looking at parents, you're looking at loved ones, you're looking at friends, role models, etc., and you're going, hmm, what should I be? Who could I become? The beauty of God is that through all of that exploration and all of that wondering and all of that kind of grappling through life, he knows that you're really on a journey to ultimately meet him. And ultimately, as you look at him, find that he's affirming you and excited about this core part of who you are. And what he does in his great grace and great beauty is he, over time, peels pieces off of us that were add-ons that we picked up along the way. And he says, you know, Kevin, I love these shiny jewels that are glued all over your bag. But buddy, these aren't for you. You got them when you met Bethany and she had some good ideas about how you might want to dress and look and she started bedazzling your purse and you're like, hey, I'll do whatever it takes to get her. I get it. And that was probably wise in the moment and it worked out. But over time, he's like, you know what? I'm actually going to wash this off and give you confidence to understand there's a full version of you that is really, really equipped, capable, and worthy of this ultimate life I have in mind for you. It's a process. It takes time. It takes more and more and more interaction with the king, the author, the designer of you to really understand who you ultimately are supposed to be, what your bag is supposed to maybe look like. But here's the next leading question that I'm really focused on today. What are you carrying in that bag? What is the weight that you're bearing and is it a function of maybe you having that bag misappropriated? Maybe you have an idea of who you're supposed to be and what your, your burden is supposed to be that's different possibly than what maybe Jesus would say it should be. You see, because there's a version of you who is designed to do amazing and wonderful things. There's creativity in you, there's destiny in you, there's, there's unique places and people that only you are really equipped to go to and, and to minister to. There's places that will never be unlocked in humanity unless you step up and do it. But sometimes there's this process where we're at war with the burden and expectation of life because we're we're, we're finding ourselves in environments where expectations are very high. And sometimes the expectations that burden us and the challenges that we face are, are less so about other people and more so just about ourselves. And so what I want to I look at is two concepts today. I want to look at a life where you live with kingdom fruit in you. What is the kingdom? Righteousness, peace, and? Yeah, we're going to get that one. That is going to be us. We're going to get those three words, righteousness, peace, and joy. We're, there's a version of you where righteousness, peace, and joy are not just ideas. They're fully realized. They are not just things that happen to you. 
They are who you are. They are what you carry. It's what happens anytime you go anywhere or do anything. The reality of your reconciliation, your connection to God, your righteousness, you are in good standing with God. That goes with you everywhere you go. So no matter what people say around you or about you, you know you're good. It's just the reality. The kingdom truth of who you are has gone with you because of that kingdom reality in your heart. The next piece is peace. That too doesn't waver regardless of your circumstance. And finally, the third piece is joy. And so there's a version of your life, no matter how big it is, that those three never waver, they never change. And so what that might, might ask, like lead to is a question of like, well, but I'm, I'm doing a lot, or I feel called to do a lot, I feel called to sacrifice, I feel called to, to give of myself, or I feel like there's a, a physical burden that's really challenging. My question to you is, regardless of the call, regardless of the season that Jesus was in, Regardless of the season his disciples were in, did they carry the kingdom everywhere they went? Yes. So was their joy or their peace ever compromised to the point where the kingdom wasn't valid in that season of their life? No. It was always there. It was there wherever Jesus went. And so there's a version of you where it's not a seasonal reality that you're joyful. It's not a seasonal reality that you have peace. It's not a seasonal reality that you feel confident and clear about who you are in God or in life. But there's a kingdom reality that goes with you wherever you go. And so I want you guys to consider with me, there is, there is a real life that doesn't have me floating up to highs where I feel like I actually am part of this kingdom and then plummeting down to lows because my experience or circumstances have changed to the point where I just question whether or not those things were real fruit that were really in my life to begin with. And guys, I just want to, I want to acknowledge that that process is a normal experience where you, you find yourself grappling for peace in season. You find yourself maybe grappling or wondering how does joy happen in this moment. It's a normal process, but I do believe there's a reality that Jesus indicated and invites us into where we say, you can transcend all of your life's experience because you can sit with me in heavenly places and you can agree with me about who you are, who I am, to the point where that spirit that's inside of you and the fruit of the kingdom overrides the circumstances that will inevitably come. Okay, so that's the invitation that's the invitation. And I want, I want to consider this morning, there's, there's responsibility that we have in order to accomplish that reality. It's not a thing where it's like, hey, you sign up for Christianity, you invite Jesus into your heart, and then the kingdom has arrived and you are peaceful and joyful from that day forward. If any of you have experienced that, I'd love to talk to you and better understand it because it has not been my experience. I've found myself over the years at times warring for peace, warring for joy, crying for peace, crying for joy, begging for peace, begging for joy, 
then waking up sometimes just joyful and happy and, and peaceful and not necessarily even knowing why. It's never felt like it's absolutely embedded in me. It's who I am. But it's something I've been in pursuit of. And so I want to look at two scriptures really quick. Okay, we're going to look at two scriptures. And guys, I don't think it's as simple as I'm going to give you a scripture and you're going to go, I agree with it, and then it's all going to be better. And then next week you come back and you're like, Vince, I did it. I did it. I, the kingdom has arrived in my life now. I memorized that scripture. We're good. I think it's a holistic like redesign of how we think and who we are that will require some significant investment and change. Okay, so I want to acknowledge that, but I want to tell you, you can, otherwise he would not have invited you into it. All right, let's look. Matthew, the next slide, there you go. Matthew 11, 28 through 30. So this is the core scripture. We all know this. We all know it. So the, the question is, when does it become a reality? So that's what we're going to work on. So it says, come to me. This is Jesus talking. All you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We, we have all heard this scripture because it's something we all long for. Every pastor preaches on this scripture. This is something you're like, oh, it's supposed to be easy and light. Oh, it's supposed to be easy and light. Well, the reality for me is it's not easy and light. So where is the disconnection? In his conversation with the disciples here and the others who are listening, he gives instruction and he he, I would ask you if you were to look at this, whose responsibility is it in this conversation for this reality to come upon an individual? It says, Jesus talking, you come to me. It doesn't say, hey, I'll come to you and I'll give you. It says, no, you come to me if you're weary and carrying heavy burdens. I'll give you something, but first you have to come to me. It says, I will give you rest. The next sentence, it says, take my yoke upon you. Who has the authority to take the yoke? I do. You do. It's your choice to take Jesus' yoke upon you. You say, well, I signed up. I've been following Jesus for a long time. Yes, that's who he was talking to. Others who had already signed up. But they still needed to hear this conversation. They still needed to hear that it's their responsibility to take what Jesus is offering and put it on them. I thought it was so beautiful in worship today how we spent time practicing receiving the truth of the love of God. You would say, well, no, he loves me. I get it. But there's a reality to us needing to, to sit in it, to believe it, to accept it, and then to act not as if it's true, but act in that truth. There's a difference there between the reality of his love for us and the reality of receiving that love. There's a difference between the reality of God saying, I have a peaceful life for you. I have a life where the burden and the weight of your responsibility, your circumstance, isn't heavy, but it's your choice to come to me in spite of your circumstance and to yield to my yoke. Oh, I wish it were as simple as just understanding that. 
So like we can all in this room go, okay, Vince, I think I follow you. I think I understand. God has a life for me where I don't feel so heavy all the time. I don't feel so under the burden of things. Yes, that's the point. That's absolutely 100% true. You say, well, Vince, I don't make enough money to pay my rent. Vince, I don't think I'll ever find a wife. Vince, I don't know how I'm going to get through this health situation. Vince, I don't, these are burdens, right? Every single one of us, guys, if I was to bring you up and go, hey, pretend everyone's not here, just list your burdens for me. Man, we could do a whole Sunday, probably on the first two rows, and then the next Sunday, and like all of us, guys, that's life. It's real. It is. And it's not to diminish it. It's part of the, the equation that God invites us into. He's like, guys, I know it's heavy. He says, all of you who are heavy burdened, all of you who are heavy laden, come to me. He's acknowledging, I see it. I see it. I see what you guys are under. I see the weight of expectation and pressure. I see the challenges that you're facing, either from generations or just from circumstance, city, life, existence, period. You are human. I see you and I connect with you. And he says, I'm gentle and humble in heart. It's safe. Come here. And so it's not for you to be further burdened by your burden and go, oh, there's something wrong with me. I can't figure this out. I'm slow. No, it's for you to understand this is the human condition. I'm part of a larger story where there's a supernatural God who invites us into something that transcends the natural reality. It's for me to learn how to allow that truth to override these natural circumstances. That is a spiritual progression that we're all invited into. It's a beautiful invitation, but I'll tell you, if you're anything like the disciples, Jesus would have walked with you for a while and God, hey, hey, I'm going to give you this. And then you would start asking questions and he would have said, oh, okay, you're a little slow, just like everybody else. Like, you're not unusual. Every disciple I had before you, they, they don't understand. I'm not talking about literal relief. I'm not saying I'm going to change your natural circumstances every time. I'm saying there's a way in your heart and in your spirit where the burden that's in there lifts and you have a grace to navigate and conquer any circumstance that comes your way. You see, it would be really tragic if we signed up for Christianity and immediately every problem was solved. We would run around telling people who had problems, oh, you got a problem, it's because you haven't surrendered your life to God. We would be totally disconnected from all of humanity in that moment. We would be outside of the reality of what life on earth is. God has given us a, a recipe in faith life and walking with him where we actually can bring hope and joy and peace to people regardless of their circumstance. You see, that's the gospel is that there's an eternal promise, but there's also a temporal enlightenment and lifting of burden. There's hope that God puts in our heart that where we can see that maybe this resolves in the, in the near term, but definitely resolves in the long term. And either way, just like all the disciples said, if I die, like, it's, it's good, 
if I go to heaven, it's good. It, it's not about that. It's about what's in here, that I'm in a different place, a different reality. So I want to encourage you guys. Come to me, take my yoke, because it's easy and my burden is light. All right, that's the basics. I want to address one thing, and there's probably a hundred that we could pick apart, but let's go to the next passage up there, Alex. I want to address one thing that I think is probably fundamental to all of us taking a step in progression towards a light, a light life. You say, well, Vince, are you, are you advocating for a life where I just don't do that much and I have like, I'm, I'm like a guru, I'm really peaceful and calm. And I'm like, what do you do? It's like, I just get enough money to pay rent and I just chill out. Like, just take it easy, man. Like the big Lebowski or something. Like, you're just like the dude. You're just chill. There's no urgency. There's no real, that is not what we're talking about. Some of you are designed to lead companies. Some of you are designed to invent things. Some of you will work really hard your whole life because God has designed you that way. It's not, again, about the physical activity change. It's about the spirit. It's about who you are on the inside that is, that is really supposed to carry the kingdom with you. All right, so this is one thing, though, that I think we all might want to consider. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a child whom he put among them, and he said, truly I tell you, unless you change, say, unless you change, and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever becomes humble like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. Okay, who's talking here? Jesus is talking to the disciples. These are the guys that were closest to him, that knew him the best, most dedicated, most faithful, probably the most like admirable people in this culture at this time, in this moment. This, this era of human history, if you're going to say, who are the ones I really would want to get to know? It's these guys. What are they asking him? Who of us is the best? It sounds funny, but I want to ask you guys, what kind of bag were they carrying when they were asking this question? There's something in us and it's not just competition. There's something in us that, that longs for value and worth. It's, it's kind of innate in us. It doesn't require a dysfunctional family to have to want affirmation and affection and approval. You can have a perfectly functional family and still want affirmation, affection, and approval. So it's not a disease. It's not a brokenness. There's something in us that says, I want to be the leader. I want to be best. I want to win. I want an A+. Plus. I, I just want, to, why not? I just want it. It's in you. Very few of us wake up in the morning in fourth grade and we're like, I'm going to get Fs for the rest of my time. I'm good. I, I have no interest in ever achieving anything again. It doesn't require like parents grinding you to get A's. Even B's and C's, while those are more acceptable to some than others, it's just kind of in us to want to get through it and to pass and to be okay. And for many of you, you're like, I'm never not getting an A. Like, that is who I am. And you just, you made sure of it and you fought for those perfect grades. And when you got your first A minus, it was like, oh no, 
So, the teacher was terrible. That was a terrible teacher, little seventh grader. Um, now, there's, this, so, there's something in our wiring where it's like, I, I, need, I need to achieve. I need to achieve. I need to, to receive approval in different ways. And here is, it, to me, a core, core thing in every human being that gets in, that, that is in the conversation around my yoke is easy, my burden is light. If you, at the core of who you are, never progress out of the mindset that there is ascension and the opportunity to be first or most approved, if that never pulls like completely out of your understanding of who God is and who I am to God, you will for the rest of your life with pure but misguided intention find yourself with a heavy burden, a heavy yoke, because you will constantly be looking for that first part of the kingdom. What's the first piece of the kingdom? Righteousness. Righteousness means I'm in right standing. Like we are aligned. Our relationship is pure and true. There is no break between me and God. That's what righteousness is. It sounds in some ways like something you would need to achieve. It sounds like something that if you work hard enough, you could get into right standing, right relationship. You could perform your way into that place. And the truth of the gospel is that that's what Jesus did for you. It's nothing you could ever do on your own. And so you're not supposed to live with the burden around that relationship with him. The first day you signed up for a relationship with God, that burden was supposed to go away. The yoke was almost non-existent as it related in that moment to your relationship with the king and creator of the universe. You remember before Jesus came along, we had this huge law where you had to follow all of these requirements to a T in order to be qualified to be in relationship with him. Jesus comes and he washes all of that away and says, you know what? He's our father. I've made a way for you to just be loved as a father would love a child. There's something about you that it takes a lot for you to understand and accept that. It's a huge leap. In fact, it's a huge leap of faith to come to a place where I just believe that he endorses me and he loves me. It's a huge leap. In fact, it's the most faith you'll ever demonstrate in your life. Some of us think our faith is measured by the number of people we pray for and they're healed. Your faith's demonstrated by your willingness to believe that he accepts you with no questions asked because of your willingness to accept Jesus in your place. That is the greatest act of faith you'll ever have. But I'm telling you guys, some of you live, you live with a weight, you live with a burden that is really more about your misunderstanding than the reality. The misunderstanding that my bag isn't perfect. It doesn't compare 
to the ones that I'd want it to compare to. Some of you will never have a shot at getting to peace or joy because the righteousness peace is just too intensely burdensome for you. It's a self-analysis looking constantly inward and around you and, and you're looking again at that bag. What am I capable of carrying? What am I carrying? Who do, what do I, how big is my, is it 65 liters? Is it 20 liters? Is it two liters? You know, my bag is just not adequate. I'd like it to be 67 liters. It's 65, that's awesome, but man, if it were 67, we could go so much further and do so many more things. That is a real conversation that we have. And I just want, I want you with me to become people of great faith. That, and the greatest act of faith will be my bag. Woo! It is perfect. Because Jesus has stood between me and the Father. And he designed this thing. This bag, oh, it is equipped for here to 120. 121 might be a little tough, but 120, if I get to 120, I'll have everything I need. The way I think, this brain, oh, he's made this thing beautifully. These ears, they might be a little hairy. But other than that, that's just for you old men in the group. All you young men, I'm going to laugh at you one day when you have to wrestle with the the, the transfer of hair from your head to your ears. It's a really disgusting joke God played on all of us. You got to get to the point, guys, where you're like, you know what? I'm good. I'm made well. I'm excited to walk with Jesus and not worry about, am I enough? Will I have what I need to do what I need to do? Or is he judging me because I'm not accomplishing a certain amount of things? Those conversations, those voices, are not voices God has sent your way. Jesus does not send angels from heaven to go, I wish you'd do a little more. <laughs> that is not a God voice. That is not a God voice. He just doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. And I'll tell you, you don't really do that either. You agree with that voice, and you think it's your own. You need to graduate to a point where you realize that voice, those words, that's the dark side trying to get into my confidence, trying to get into the truth of who God has made me. The truth is, I need peace. This voice is contrary to peace. That's where you're going to go. You're going to start to silence that thing that says you're not righteous enough. Your bag's not good enough. Yeah, guys, yes, yes. You could use some reorganization of your bedazzling every once in a while. But the core bag, God is not interested in throwing it away. If anything, he'll upgrade it. If anything, he'll stretch it. If anything, he'll prove to you he can do so much more with those two fish and five loaves of bread that you are capable of carrying than you could have ever imagined. He's not going to go, oh, yeah, I just wish you could carry more. He didn't make a mistake. So at the very core of who you are, if you're, if you're endeavoring to carry a burden that God has designed for you to carry, and you go, okay, yeah, that sounds kind of abstract. Well, how about this? If you just want peace and joy, and you want to live a happy life, you have to agree that God has made you well. And then you have to divorce yourself from this idea of performance, where I need to become the best. I'm actually here walking with you, Jesus, so I can rank number one, one with you. 
I need to heal a certain, I, I healed more than him. Did you see that? She didn't even heal anybody today. She just re replicated food. They ate, but I healed somebody. That lasts the rest of their life. Like, which one's better? He, he is not doing that with you guys. And he actually never, ever wants you to do that again. And so if we can come to the place where we say, I am loved, I am enough, he has paid for my righteousness, my reconciliation with God, I could actually just live from a place of confidence and peace and joy, and then I could start doing life. And I'll tell you, the version of you that lives with peace and joy and righteousness, oh, what an amazing life you'll have. How many people will actually be permanently changed and empowered because you are carrying the true kingdom of God? Not like angst and wrestling with yourself and am I clean enough, am I good enough? Maybe God will bless me because he likes me enough. Like, no, 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 no. Wow, they carry peace with them wherever they go. They know they're going to heaven and they're really confident about God's provision in their life. They're really beautiful in the way they love people because they know that they're never going to run out of love. They can give of themselves, and they don't need to get it back because they're just full. They're rich. They're full. They're full. They're full. It's like their bag just keeps overflowing with good things. And I just, I want you guys to endeavor with me towards that life. I want you to agree that the core pieces that we need to address of, am I good enough? Am I qualified? Yes, that's the foundation. If you, if you are in here and you're like, I don't have any idea who Jesus is, I somehow can't, I thought I was going to the movies, my friend brought me, I have no idea where I'm at. If you need that first step of like, I gotta invite Jesus in, and I need to be reborn and let that process start, I understand. And, and we'd love to pray with you to do that. But if you've already done that, you don't need to retread that ground. You never need to go back to questioning, am I qualified, am I good enough? You never need to worry about, are my skills there? Is, is my life, is it even possible for me to have the kingdom, peace and joy? Absolutely it is. But we must start. We must, we must aggressively, aggressively agree, I will not entertain these conversations ever again that say there's some inadequacy in me because there's not. There really isn't. You're really beautiful. Jesus made you really well. He's really proud of you, as a father would be proud of you. He's really hopeful for you. And he wants you to have a very light and joyful life, regardless of what wars he sends you into. He could send you into the craziest places, the most violent situations, the, the most oppressed places, but you could carry light and peace and joy. That's what the disciples did over and over again. That's what Jesus did. He came into a, a season of war in the spirit realm. And he carried the kingdom with him. And he told the world, this is the new reality. And he had Pharisees telling him he was the devil. And he had demons attacking him saying, please, you know, you're, you're, you're going to kill us. He had, he had his cousin beheaded by the Jewish leader. Herod killed John the Baptist. He had violence all around him. He had war on every side. He woke up and he didn't have a home. His brothers and mother and family threw him out at a certain point because it was like, this, you're crazy, come home, come home. And he's like, they're not my mom. Who's my mom? <laughs> Who's my brother? 
It's the ones that are with me. They understand the kingdom. He was at war. He was at the, at the most intense, intense level of war. But I'll tell you, if you were to walk with him in those days, he walked slow, and he walked with a smile, and he carried peace. And he was, he was content and full and rich. And he looked at people, and he saw them with compassion, and he gave them new life while war was just spinning all around him. And so I want you with me to take a great step into a place of maturity where we, we know that God knows the war that's around us. He even knows at times the war that's in us. But we're going to endeavor to believe that God could bring a peace that surpasses understanding. He could introduce joy that transcends circumstances. And there's a truth about his work for me that's never in, under question. And I can carry the kingdom wherever I go. It's possible. It's a new life. It's a different life. And you didn't earn it. It's his gift. All you have to do is practice receiving. All right? So this morning, I want to do this. I want to do one thing. I want to pray together. I want to invite anyone who wants prayer specifically for anything at all. There will be a team up here for prayer. Every week, we have a team up here for prayer. Every week, if I were you, I'd be coming up to get prayer. It's a great practice. There's a lot of life. There's a lot of war. You're not designed to manage those things on your own. Pray with people. Agree with people that the kingdom is, is winning in your life regardless of those circumstances. But we collectively, I want to pray together as, as a family. And I just want to pray that we could take steps that show that our spirit and the reality of what God has afforded us when he said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. It is not within reach. It's where I'm supposed to live. It is the posture from which I should choose to do all things. It's the seat from which I view down into my circumstance in my life rather than being in my life dominated by circumstance. I'm sitting with him in heavenly places and I'm saying righteousness, peace, joy are true. These circumstances are small compared to my king who I'm with right here. All right, so let's just pray and we're going to pray for victory in our hearts and our minds over anything that's going on. And we're going to carry that victory wherever we go this week. So, Father, we just ask that your kingdom would come into this room. We ask, Lord, that your presence would override the war and the noise that's surrounding us. We declare, Lord, that that presence is great enough to transform not just our lives, but the lives of everyone you've designed us to influence. We ask, Lord, that your kingdom would be louder, stronger, greater than the, the places you send us into. We declare that the city of Berkeley could be changed by your kingdom manifest in us. There are no circumstances in our lives or the lives of others that are greater than the name of Jesus. And so we declare a new day, a day of peace, a day of joy, a day of righteousness that will go with us every where we go. We thank you for making us so well. We thank you for who you were when you walked and you gave us the example that we could walk just like you. So Lord, let your kingdom be manifest in our lives. Let your truth be real to us. Make us bigger, more mature, stronger, more courageous. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. All right, guys, let's stand up. Love you. Love you, love you. Um, Please do. I, I, I know a lot of what I said today. It's like having the right perspective, 
should, should silence a lot of things in your life. There's additional power that comes when you agree with people in prayer. Just declare the truth about what God's doing. So if you need, you have need, please come up and pray. There'll be people here to pray with you. We love you. God bless you. Happy Sunday. See you later.